I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Adam Enright, a senior revenue operations consultant. Adam, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what a senior revenue operations consultant is and what it's like to be one? Sure. Well, it's pretty cool to be one because uh, there's really two parts of my job title that I'd like to unpack. The first is the consulting side. And so what it means to be a consultant is that you get to provide strategy or business guidance to another business, uh, which is is always fun to help other businesses. Mm -hmm. And revenue operations is sort of a newer term. So typically, the divisions of a company that create revenue or income or biz or or money, let's just say, are sales teams, marketing teams, and customer success teams. And mm -hmm. so revenue operation is the alignment of those teams with a deep focus on the technology because in the last 20 years, there's just been a ton of new tools and technology to support those teams. And so... My job is to bring all that together for other companies. Yeah, that seems like a really cool and interesting job. Thank you. Yeah. So what kinds of things do you actually do day-to-day -day at work? Definitely. So I would say that my work rolls up to three categories. One would be hands-on keyboard work. So actually in different pieces of technology, developing things and building things, Another big chunk is meetings. So meetings with my internal team, meetings with our clients to discuss the progress of things and to understand what their business needs are. And then the last thing is actually lots of writing. Um, before I, you know, consultants, before they just go in and do things, they usually have a plan that they develop and that plan needs to be able to tell a story and make sense for everyone involved to be aligned. So a lot of my job is actually writing, um, not just building and hanging out in meetings. What kinds of things do you actually like write about? So the thing I write about the most is what we call a work stream plan. So it's very common for a client of ours to come to us with a problem um, that they're facing. And we love to solve problems. We love to make their lives easier. But what we also like to do is show the business something that they're a, a problem or an opportunity that they're not even aware of. And so a workstream plan takes into consideration a lot of little ideas and it weaves it into one unified thing. And in order to get sign off from them or approval to do those things, we really need to tell a story around how we think that's going to impact their business. That sounds like a clever tool. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? I didn't plan on going into consulting. Um, I have, <laughs> I've had a lot of different ideas of careers I wanted to do. So when I was very, very young, my grandpa, for some reason, always said, you're going to be an accountant. And I think it's because my grandpa was very self-made. He had a dry cleaning business, but his brother was an accountant. And I think he always looked up to his brother and was like, no, you're going to be an accountant. Uh, 
so when I was like five, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an accountant and it's going to be great. And uh, I was really into roller coasters when I was younger. So I wanted to be a roller coaster designer. Um, and then I realized that it's a little hard, very math heavy and less like super fun. <laughs> um, my dad worked in IT. So then I wanted to do that. And uh, when I was in college, I wanted to become a professor of sociology. And at some point when I was in my thirties, decided I wanted to work in marketing. And once I got into marketing, I was aware of how important it is to, to think about the technology and to, to get ahead of that. So I really focused on the tech side and that's kind of how I got into the career that I have today. Very cool story. Thanks. Yeah. So did you consider anything else besides those um, before becoming a consultant? Yeah, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I've been very passionate about helping people um, and having a job that's meaningful. And I think that being a teacher, like for a certain grade level or even in college, it's a very specific structure and process. And that part of it was hard for me. Um, and so what I really love about my job is I have a lot of creative freedom on how I want to teach others and how I want to empower other people to learn about this technology that I work with. That's really cool. Thanks. Mm -hmm. What do you like most and least about your job? Hmm. I think the thing I liked most about my job is are you familiar with rpg games like role-playing games yeah so like my job is basically an rpg like i am thinking about how to grow a business and how to grow the people behind that business and that part is super fun to me it feels really rewarding that things that i do um today pretty shortly or pretty soon will have like an impact that we can see for our client, which is exciting. And it feels really good. Um, things I don't love about my job is that it can be hard um, to like, hmm. Some, I, it's hard to explain this, but it's very real and consulting. If you come in and you solve a bunch of problems for a business, and that business succeeds, it's almost like they can fire you. Not fire you, but they're sort of like the job is done, goodbye. And there's not a problem there. Like you did what you were supposed to do. Everybody, it worked out. But sometimes it would be nice to, sometimes I think it'd be nice to not have that. That doesn't always happen. A lot of times we keep going, but you're not always there for the win is the best way to explain it. And I just wish I could be a little bit closer and it's been exceptionally hard with COVID um, mm -hmm. because before the pandemic, my, so go nimbly where I work is based out of San, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And most of the SaaS companies that we consult for are also based out of that area. So it's very common for us to go out there and meet people face to face and so I think that's it just all that together makes it hard to feel close to the win. Mm -hmm. Now a word from our sponsor. 
Your host, Kyle Northcutt, here. My neighborhood recycling course at kidsgreenteam.com is now only $19. I want everyone who wants to start a business and help save the planet from harmful plastics to be able to start today. Go to kidsgreenteam.com to grab the course and get started now. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job? So I have a bachelor's degree in international studies, which is a BA, and it's considered a liberal arts degree. It is not required for my job. So Go Nimbly, where I work, has no formal education requirements, um, and they do not discriminate against anybody that come, that applies for a job that doesn't have a college degree, which is great. I can't say that's the norm in the industry. I see a lot of job descriptions that require a bachelor's degree of some sort. Um, my mom always says it's a shame that I didn't go to school for what I do, but I disagree. I think that the program that I was in required a lot of writing and a lot of problem solving and a lot of really complex thoughts and Mm -hmm. a lot of the papers I would write in school and projects I would work on. It wasn't like a test where there's one right answer. And I think that really prepared me for life because technology changes, everything changes. And I feel like more so than a lot of people I've worked with, I'm comfortable with those changing dynamics um, and not always having the one right answer and feeling good about the conclusions I come to. And I think that's totally set me up for success um, in a way that maybe I wouldn't be set up for success if I had a STEM degree. Who knows? Yeah. So how much free time do you have? Like, do you work a traditional 40-hour work week more or less? Yeah. So I would say for the most part, it helps actually in consulting because you have to track your time and that time gets billed to the client. And so you tend to be more organized and aware of your time. Um, It's not true that people that work earlier than nine or later than five are always necessarily like forced to work extra. Like, I think if I look back when I didn't work in consulting, sometimes I worked late because I just wasn't very organized, didn't really come in with a clear plan for the day and just kind of, you know, in the before times when I was in an office, maybe I over socialized during the day. And so I think at the end of the day, it's what you make of it. One thing I really appreciate about my job is that because it is hours based, like sometimes I'm just not super focused during the afternoon and I could do something else and then get back to that later when I have that focus level and just get done with it more efficiently. Um, So that sort of work-life integrations really helped me not work a ton. Uh, And it's also hard to draw the line too, because I'm a nerd. I love what I do. And there's always new stuff to read about. And I'm passionate about networking on LinkedIn. I'm developing a podcast. And so it's like, it's unclear sometimes if I'm working late at night or not, or I'm just really nerding out over stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast? Thank you. My podcast is called How We RevOps. And I have just released three episodes. We're recording two more um, this month. And our goal is to release two a month because they're a little bit longer in format. And I just think that there's a lot of really cool podcasts I've heard in my industry that are like an hour long and it's just people randomly talking. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, why don't we create something that's half the time and that is organic. It's a natural story. And it's, you know, I just ask questions like you're doing, 
but they're designed to tell a story and to be more focused so people can get something out of the podcast in a pretty short period of time. That sounds like a great podcast. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job? My advice is that there is so much free and low cost education out there. Um, So for example, I would say the career that I have today or what I do today really started about six years ago when I turned 30. And at that point I had graduated my undergrad my when I was 26. So I really started what I do four years after I graduated college. So you don't have to have it all worked out. Um, and I learned a lot of what I do on YouTube and like, it's just, there's, it's so amazing that there's so much free there, there's block there's just so many people out there with like free education and it enables people to take a turn in their career and change gears without having to spend a ton of money which is nice yeah that's great advice so this one is borrowed from tim ferris a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made i would say the most the best investment I ever made was um, I spent $200 on this certification in a platform called Marketo. And you, it's a, it's a test you take to get certified and there wasn't really a way to study for it at the time. I think it's better now. And if you didn't pass, you just lost your $200. And when I took it, I was like, on a budget <laughs> and so like 200 really mattered and i just went for it and i took it i passed and it built my confidence and when i put that on my linkedin my career really took off um so my advice would be uh you know to really put yourself out there there's been a lot of jobs i applied for that i thought i would never get a call back for there's been schools i applied for that i never thought i would get into and speaking engagements that I never thought they would accept my proposal. And a lot of times they do. But if you don't apply, you have a 0% chance of making it. So go for it. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Thanks. So is there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up actually helping later on in life? Ooh, I really like this question. Um, I failed a lot. I was a horrible student in high school. Like I failed out of college three times. Like I didn't have my undergraduate degree completed until I was 26. Um, And by the time I went to school, the last time I was like really into it and was getting great grades and got a ton of scholarships and um, it ended up working out. And one thing that really stands out is like I was saying before, I wanted to be a sociology professor because sociology is the the study of people. It's similar to psychology. Psychology is more of like, how do people think? Anthropology is more culture, like what are different cultures? And it's sort of that combination of those. And it's like understanding why people do the things they do and how they behave in group settings and all that good stuff. And I just thought that that was so intriguing to me and I got a grant to do research at a prestigious Ivy League university one summer and it did not go well I was just talking Mm -hmm. to a friend about this the other day I showed up 
and they really didn't have a lot of stuff for me to do. It was really unclear what the research I was supposed to do was. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing I did most was just help carry boxes for this professor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just, I always felt like, wow, I, I really messed that one up, you know, and, and I, I could have, you know, like asked more questions and, and, and leaned into it. But the thing is, is I was a lot younger and it wasn't my job to really define the project. And so I think that bad experience has taught me as a leader, you have to be very clear on expectations Mm -hmm. and you can't assume that just because you're smart and the other person is smart, or you're on a team of experts or you're surrounded by people that have a lot of motivation and intelligence, it's not going to just work itself out organically. You really need a plan. And Mm -hmm. so I think that experience taught me the importance of not assuming and having a plan. Yeah, that's. That's very important. So was there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out? I would. So I, I'll say as a whole, I'm very, very blessed. My whole family is just wildly supportive and you know has always been there for me. But uh, my grandpa, Dan Dolak, who unfortunately is, is no longer with us, but uh, he, he always really pushed me and was always telling me like, you're going to do great things. And I think mm-hmm. having that, like as a young person, having that push to just think outside the box and just to be a believer stays with you your whole life. And that's something I think you can only really get from really special people. And it's really pushed me through, you know, a lot of challenging times to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, he seems he sounds like a great person. He was. Yeah. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? Hmm. I really don't think so. I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes um, I would say the one thing is, like I said, I, I really struggled in high school to be focused mm-hmm. and to get good grades. And I really struggled in the beginning of college as well. Mm-hmm. But there's a version of it, like when you go to college later in life, you appreciate it so much more. And I yeah. think that the content really, it resonates with you more. I just think even if, even if like, let's say I did great in school and went to, so I went to school at DePaul and I loved it and it's in Chicago and it's, it's not like the most prestigious university, but it's a really nice school. And there was, it's just, there's so many parts of it that were, they created a great experience for folks. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, all right, well, what if I, what if I went to Princeton or some Ivy league school at 18, yeah. you know, what if I, what if I got a four Oh in high school and like nailed the SAT, like, I don't know. I don't know if 18 year old me would really appreciate that experience. Um, like I appreciated being in college at 22, 23, 24, 25. So mm-hmm. I guess I really wouldn't change that much. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So what's the very best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? My advice for them 
is to understand that success is about small goals. And whenever I've been stuck in life, whenever I've really felt like, you know, I couldn't get out of a situation. Um, like, for example, I talk about writing before. I remember when I was writing my college admission essays at like 21, I just had no, I, it took me like a week to write a paragraph. Like, I just, I just didn't understand how the structure and I just felt like so overwhelmed. And I, something clicked in my brain and I thought, well, let me just set really small goals. Cause that was my MO is I would freak out and give up in school. And so I thought, let me just make like really small goals. And I learned that not only did that get me unstuck, but sometimes like achieving a bunch of small goals was better than the bigger goal of even getting into school um, or whatever you're trying to accomplish. So I think it's so important to, whenever you're stuck and you're trying to push a boulder up a mountain, think about how you can break it down into some little rocks first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is amazing advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Now it's time for the joke of the day. What kind of <laughs> okay, photo? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of photos will you find on a snail's phone? Oof. Photos on a snail's phone. Uh, I don't know. I'm stumped. Shelfies. Oh, I like that. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.